Medical information obtained from our website or on the live show is not intended to be a substitute for professional care. If you have, or you suspect you might, have an illness or other medical condition, you should consult a healthcare provider. The opinions expressed on this radio program are not necessarily those of the sports doctor, this radio show, or their sponsors. Hey, everybody, live from Chicago. Welcome. It's the Sports Doctor. I'm Dr. Bob Weil, sports podiatrist, all things sports medicine, fitness, and wellness, brought to you by Global Schoolwear, school uniforms from Tommy Hilfiger, Lower Extremity Review, and MVP Parent Magazines, and UK Health Radio. We've got a great doubleheader today. Larry Grogan, he's a pet therapy uh, uh advocate, including some sports teams. He's also an author. He'll be joining me, along with from Australia, Dr. Sandra Pillay. Uh, she was in South Australia's first uh, urological uh, woman surgeon. She's a speaker, preventive health specialist, and she's also the author of some children's books, then some Bob Guider Wisdom, your emails. Larry Grogan, welcome to the Sports Doctor. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to join you today. Give us some background on yourself and your uh, the, the, the pet therapy world. Well, by trade, I own and operate a wealth management firm. Uh, I'm the investment advisor for our clients. But uh, for eight years, my dog Scrappy and I were a pet therapy team at a local children's hospital where we went in and comforted the children, their families, the doctors and nurses even. Um, to help lower their stress and try to make their day a little bit more pleasant. I bet it changed your life, evidently, didn't it? You know, pet therapy is the most compassionate form of philanthropy that you could possibly imagine, Dr. Weil. It's um, it's one of those scenarios where you know you're going to go and make a positive impact on someone's life. It's not just the patient that you're making an impact on. You're making an impact on your own life. It does change you. It affects you. And it's all in a very positive way. So I... You know, I am, think, Larry, it doesn't surprise people. All of us have had pets in our lives in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and we all get it. We all understand what you're talking about, all of the positive uh, scenarios, the unconditional love and all of these things that come with having a pet. And again, the idea of visiting people who could really, really use uh, all of those positive aspects. Uh, that's why I've always heard it, you know, uh, as well as pet therapy was, you know, healing, uh, healing therapy. Uh, for, again, like you said, these, these uh, children must appreciate it so much, wounded veterans, uh, injured individuals, uh, sick and chronic injured individuals. And uh, the, um, uh, you mentioned briefly also that there is a, there's a variety of pets that might be involved in this world uh, uh, of, of pet therapy, isn't there? There really is. The, you know, the most important aspect of pet therapy is that if you like your animal, someone else may like your animal. So that can include cats, rabbits. I know of miniature donkeys going to nursing homes. I even read a story about a lady in California that has opened up her farm. If you want to go lay down with one of her cows, she allows you to do that. But there's just something about the animals that allow our bodies to begin that healing process. And it has gotten a lot of medical attention now, and doctors are beginning to verify that there is a medical benefit associated with pet therapy. Yes, the famous Dr. Sanjay Gupta of CNN, a famous uh, medical commentator. He's a neurosurgeon, and he just had a special where he was talking about this exactly, and the science behind it, the uh, uh serotonin, the hormonal changes, the changes in the brain uh, that allow, again, for the relaxation, for feeling safe, 
Uh, and, and that's why it's, it's not surprising when we think of the world of high performance or we think of the world of schools or organizations uh, that uh, this, you know, uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, and uh, so I would think that the acceptance of how this might fit in, uh, and I bet the doctors also benefit big time when you show up or people show up. They, they really do. And you, you mentioned the broad range of organizations that are now accepting pet therapy. It actually now includes um, colleges and universities. In fact, 60% of colleges and universities now have a pet therapy program on campus. It's not a full-time program. These are volunteers that come in specifically during exam time for the most part. But I'm now reading and verifying that many athletic programs on universities now have a formal pet therapy program. And it goes to what you're talking about. When you're under a high performance demands, whether it's athletic or academic and the combination, you need that time to decompress. You need that time to mentally heal. And we've all heard and have verified that mental health is a strain on all of us. But particularly at the university level and specifically with athletics, mental health is one of those things that pet therapy naturally helps resolve. And that yes, those hormones the, everybody start- can picture the you can picture the mascot as we're speaking. You know, the bull with the horns running out with the University of Texas and all of these different animals and the effect again that those animals have, even though it's not necessarily comes to mind so much with, you know, the athlete and the ability again in a team meeting and the whole teamwork uh, will be able to take advantage. Everybody listening to the sports doctor, I'm Dr. Bob Wiles, sports podiatrist. Go to my website, sportsdoctorradio.com. If you go over to radio shows, you can go back years, international guests, national guests, local guests, all sorts of topics. Listen to whatever you'd like. If you go over to newspaper articles and magazines, you can read an array of articles on so many different topics that we've been involved with in the newspaper world, that we've been involved with, very exciting, with MVP Parent Magazine, Lower Extremity Review Magazine. We have thousands of followers on Twitter and LinkedIn. I can't tell you how many guests. I get some Twitter and LinkedIn, uh, at Sports Doc, DOC Radio. Lots of good information we share uh, on uh, both uh, platforms, and, and we're talking uh, the whole world of uh, pet therapy, uh, Larry Grogan. And the, uh, so the response of the, you know, with the universities, um, what about high schools and, and uh, elementary we are working on that, Dr. Weil. I, I really <laughs> feel that that's an area that needs more attention than any other location. You know, we've had the oh, very unfortunate situations with Uvalde, and we just have to get our children comfortable going back to school. And if what I'm trying to do is work with volunteers and school systems to say, just imagine when that child gets off the school bus and the first thing they do is they encounter a pet therapy dog as they enter the building. That is automatically going to put that child at ease. It's going to lower their blood pressure, their stress levels, their heart rate. But most importantly, it's mentally going to prepare them for what they're supposed to do, and that's learn. So if we can create that environment where the children feel safe, and they know that they're going to be greeted with a pet therapy dog or some type of pet therapy animal. It's just going to make that entire experience that much more meaningful, more powerful. We just have to get the volunteers out there, and that's what I'm advocating for. Yes, the whole you know that area again of um, early education. You know, it's amazing, Larry. Every guest I've had on, wherever they are in the world, whatever their vocation, since the pandemic has talked about mental health, the whole mental game, the whole challenge, again, with these kids, their families, these pressures, this insanity with some of these things uh, that have been going on. And now that there is a, uh, a, a new area, 
that, uh, you know, people might have thought of the fact of, uh, you know, pet dogs, pet therapy showing up in a nursing home or for sick people in the hospital. And the proactive side, whether you're dealing with the best team in the country, trying to lower their pressure uh, in the middle of the season or whatever's going on, uh, or you're dealing again with young kids where we're bullying and we're dealing with child. I've been talking about childhood obesity, Larry, for like 25 years, give or take a few weeks. Where do, what's the best website people find out about you and your work? Go to a tale of love. That's T A I L a tale of love.com. And you'll see a resource tab. And in that resource tab, you'll see all of the national organizations that are already established that are involved in pet therapy. And the most important thing is to reach out and find one in your community. And if you're interested in pursuing it, it's about six weeks of training uh, specifically with your dog. And then you are allowed to engage in all of these different locations. But a tellofloved.com will provide you all the information you need to get actively involved in pet therapy. Yeah, who who trains the donkey, Larry? Uh, you know, <laughs> or, 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 you know what I mean. I got I got to ask you that whether or not anybody's involved in you know training the donkey. You know the idea, of course, that that there, there's training so that that animal is behaving. Uh, um, I would imagine that these these the therapy dogs, you know, love it. They love the attention. They love, you know, I remember that my mom was in assisted living for years, and they always had a pet couple of dogs, and everybody loved them at the uh, assisted living. It, well, you're absolutely right. It goes both ways. The, specifically, the dogs love the attention. I, when Scrappy and I would go, I would have to go to the hospital 10, 15 minutes early because she recognized where she was and she knew what was going to happen. So I had to get there a little bit earlier to give her time to kind of calm down a little bit. But she loved the children. You know what you might think about, Larry? I'll tell you, one of my favorite guests, Teresa Power, is a multiple book author. And she's the creator of Kids Yoga Day, International Kids Yoga Day. Fifty countries participating the first week in April in a day paying attention to all the physical and mental uh, uh, advantages of yoga. Uh, with with these kids, I'll throw that idea to you out. You might come up with that. Uh, check her out. Come up with a uh, national uh, uh, pet therapy day, or in some aspects of introducing it um, to the to the schools. Um, who are some of the universities that you guys are involved with? Well, in in my town, it's East Tennessee State University has a full time pet therapy dog, and believe it or not, it's actually part of campus security. But the other universities, like, and I hate to admit it because I'm a North Carolina State graduate, but the University of North Carolina baseball team has their own pet therapy dog. And so we're beginning to see these incremental steps where pet therapy is accepted and, you know, different levels are introducing pet therapy on their own. Um, through their own magical way, like the University of North Carolina baseball team. Yes, of course. I went to Louisville, so you know we're in the middle of that whole mix with, with uh, <laughs> you know, with you guys, the Atlantic Coast. You know, yeah, the idea yeah. again, the, the sports doctor radio show for decades. You know, can we prevent injuries? Can we stay out of trouble? Can we enhance performance? The whole mental side of everything, with the pressure many times in youth sports in serious sports, uh, both, again, physically and mentally. And uh, safe additions, it's a matter, again, the challenge of awareness and education. It's one of the reasons why, um, you know, you might have thought you weren't the greatest fit for the sports doctor. We said, wait a second, there's a lot of great uh, stuff uh, that you're talking about that, you know, can be included at so many different levels. Um, And I, I would imagine you're running into a lot of enthusiasm. No one is saying no. Let me put it that way. It's one of those things that when you explain the process of pet therapy, the medical benefits of pet therapy, the light bulb just immediately goes off. And so the desire to have 
pet therapy around is extremely high. The demand is outpacing supply. And so there is a great need for people that have a dog to consider pet therapy, to get them involved. And as I said earlier, one of the things that I'm very actively working on is getting pet therapy established as a national service organization through the university systems. You know, they've got fraternities, well, in the right sororities. World, you know, maybe you'll end up with franchises. You know, you're a financial <laughs> consultant. Uh, and again, you know, the idea, because I would imagine all of this is voluntary. Um, but again, co- going through the schools or the park districts or these kinds of organizations, many that I work with in our world of youth sports, the National Alliance of Youth Sports, iSports 360, all that are involved in safe youth sports, Again, the idea of introducing this sometimes even earlier, uh, I find, um, you know, really interesting. And again, uh, the education, you'll share the show with these people, you know, for the doctors and or the therapists, parents, I would think uh, would be excited also uh, about uh, the idea of something like this. And you have, like you said, it's a six or seven week um, training program where the person themselves, as well as the, uh, as the pet, is going through the program. Right, Larry? That's exactly correct, Dr. Wow. It's do they not, do this online? Besides, uh, is this online that people can get involved? Give yeah, me the I website again, Larry. Give me the site a, again quickly. A tale of love.com. T-A-I-L. A tale, T-A-I-L, of love.com. Larry, hold on. We'll be right back, everybody. Sports Doctor. Thank you, Larry. Hey, everybody. It's Dr. Bob Weil, a sports doctor. I'm excited to announce the release of my new book, co-written with Sharky Zartman, Hashtag Hey Sports Parents, an essential guide for any parent with a child in sports. You know, Sharky is a former Hall of Fame volleyball player. She's the mom of two daughters who became Division I volleyball players. Together, we have over 70 years of combined youth sports experience. Goal of the book, give you the essential tools and guidance to make your experience as a sports parent the best it could be. Hashtag Hey Sports Parents is divided into four sections. The first section, Sports Parenting 101. Sharky talks everything about uh, parenting, about coaching, that whole uh, interaction between parents and coaches, coaching your own kid. Uh, What are the things to really pay attention to? The second section is the Sports Doctors In, yours truly. Uh, My discussion of injury prevention and treatment, choosing the best shoes, youth sports and drugs, essential exercises, the dilemma of youth football, orthotics, Third section, uh, experts speak out. We bring together eight different experts in nutrition and sports performance and mental training in all aspects of coaching in that section. The last section is the parents' perspective, some insights from about a half a dozen parents of athletes. So everyone, hey, get out your megaphone, spread the word. Now available on Amazon. Order now. You'll be more confident. So will your young athlete. Hashtag, hey, sports parents. Hey, everybody, we are back. It's the Sports Doctor. I'm Dr. Bob Weil, sports podiatrist. We're heading out to Australia. We've got Dr. Samantha Blay. She was uh, South Australia's first urological woman surgeon. She's a speaker, preventive health specialist. She's also a children's book author. Dr. Samantha, Dr. Bob, welcome to the Sports Doctor. Good morning, Dr. Bob. Fantastic to be here. 
Yes, I think it's like six o'clock in the morning there, but we're all over the world. Give us, please, Dr. Samantha Gadilla. I'm Dr. Bob. I'm going to call you Dr. Sam. Give us some background on yourself and um, what your work involves. I've got quite a few different hats I juggle. Um, my probably biggest role is I'm a surgeon in Adelaide and I'm specialised in the field of urology, urinary tract surgery, and I subspecialise in urinary incontinence surgery. Um, and through that career, I've also become a businesswoman, partly because I really wanted to establish a centre of excellence in the management of that condition. And that's led to me um, running a medical practice with other surgeons. Um, so I have that hat that I wear. And then um, as I've aged, I've wanted to impact, I suppose, on a wider scale, um, which is partly why I'm talking across the continent today. And two of the things that have impacted me through my life was career gender stereotypes. So when I qualified as a surgeon only more than 20 years ago, only uh, 4% of surgeons were women. And I write children's picture books to inspire the next generation of female leaders and instill that self-belief and um, prevent the career gender stereotypes before they form in the first place. And I am motivating people to adopt healthy lifestyle changes. We really have so much chronic disease, 80% of heart disease, stroke, diabetes is preventable, and I'm working to try and get people to have that realisation that nothing is more important than their health. There's a lot Welcome of information the out there. Yeah. Welcome to the club, Dr. Sam. You know, for decades, this has been one of the key points on the sports doctor, is all uh, complementary medicine, holistic health. When I was first talking about holistic health 20 years ago, medicine didn't know how to spell the word. Uh, uh, or mindfulness or the mental game. So the preventive health world, especially when you come with the credentials of a surgeon, then I think uh, sometimes uh, uh, people uh, will listen a little bit more uh, than they might. Have you found that out? Absolutely. So I've worked 20 years as a surgeon. I'm very actually very subspecialized, very focused. But I've realized that what I can do for a surgeon is nothing compared to what patients can do for themselves. And, you know, you might have an operation, but uh, the chance of the operation working or the risks associated with the surgery are highly impacted by what is often preventable chronic disease that someone uh, has. And the key, you know, if, I, if only I could just do myself out of a job, but the key to health is prevention. It's the, you know, our economy we're facing a perfect storm if people are getting sicker, younger, are less likely to work in the workforce. Um, uh, you've got more patients living longer. You know, people are living longer with the chronic disease, decades longer, with less people to look after them and costing more and more money. It's, um, you know, it, it just, the numbers just don't add up when you think of what could happen if people could actually take charge of their own health and actually make that change. That change is there. It's in everybody's reach. You know, Dr. Sam, the, uh, we talk about what on the sports doctor I call the new health all the time. And the new health is, number one, eat smarter. Number two, keep moving. And number three, do things to reduce stress. And all of these things fit in again. You know, they used to call it um, alternative medicine. For example, in the United States, which meant, you know, one or the other, that, this, that. And then, you know, we coined the term complementary and to bring into focus the importance of nutrition, the importance of exercise, the importance of rest and relaxation. Uh, and the, you know, in the United States, you know, we're one of only the few countries in the world that allow TV advertising. Dr. Samantha, of drugs and or diets. You can't get away from it. They're constantly yes. talking about There's drugs and more pills and more pills. So the, the, even though we've seen an explosion, knock on wood, of what you're talking about, the attention to the mind-body and all of these other aspects of what I, what I call the new medicine, sometimes it's 
you know, it's like we're still treading water, aren't we? There's no shortage of information for people. The difficulty is to actually make the lifestyle changes and that's where I can't do it for my patients. No one can. And that it's so easy to ignore because most of the complications don't materialise for decades. But it's just like saving, say, money. You know, it, you can't save for your retirement in your retirement. And every little dollar you put away is what builds that uh, future. And it's the same with your health. Every single day is an opportunity or a missed opportunity to build your health armour and build up that uh, stepping you towards that healthier person. And every choice you make takes you closer. Every bad choice you take, you take every single meal, every bad choice takes you one step closer to what I see, which is that when it's too late moment. And a lot of people, it's not until that happens that they suddenly find the ability to overcome everything they wanted to do before and make the change. And, you know, really what we want to do is help people so they don't have to wait until they get that diagnosis or that test result to find the strengths and the skills and to seek out those changes in their life because I see ordinary people do extraordinary things every day um, and most of the time what they needed to do it is just themselves. They had it there within their reach all along. They just weren't able to access it. You know, what, I are, help what, people are, some the, what are some of the urological problems you see in the athletic world, in the active? I'm imagining, do you, you, I'm, I'm, you probably see males as well as females in your practice? Yes, although predominantly uh, females um, uh, there. So urinary incontinence um, is probably the no number one uh, problem that you'd see in um, athletes. And the two most common sorts are either stress associated with exertion, uh, much more common in women um, with uh, relating to pelvic floor weakness, but um, overactive bladder which is that urgency, difficulty, no holding on, can be a real problem for sporting people if they um, need to, to, to pass urine during exercise, especially if they're competing or trying to train. or just but, but just the average person wanting to go for a walk, you know, they leave the house and they can't actually, even though they go to the toilet beforehand, make it on their whatever um, path that they've, decided to take without trying to find a toilet facility. You know, it's amazing. So that, in, a, in, an aging, in an aging population here in the United States, we see constant advertising involving incontinence, something that was never talked about, was never uh, discussed, really. Uh, and the, the idea of being able to pay attention, educating the population, especially the aging uh, you know, population, but also the young female serious athlete where they would run into uh, menstrual cycle concerns and other kinds of concerns uh, regarding, again, including what you're mentioning, uh, and, and uh, the idea of the uh, young female athlete and their, their family needs to be educated on some of these preventative measures, wouldn't you say? Yes, and the, uh, um, the, 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 whole patient is, as you um, commented before, is the key. So it, it, we talk about pelvic floor exercise, which is very specific for urinary incontinence, but people's diet, their bowel health, um, uh, their caffeine intake, their fluid intake, their obesity, their diabetes, um, their high blood pressure, all of these things can impact on um, bladder symptoms in some way. And it, that looking at the whole patient, it, it, it is hard for people because they get overwhelmed. They sort of think, well, how can I do anything because I can't lose weight or I can't exercise or, um, you know, they just feel overwhelmed. They put it into two hard baskets. But it's like climbing Everest. It's one step at a time. So every little thing you do starts to help add up. And so it's, it's really actually impossible to just aspect uh, concentrate on one aspect of your health and completely ne neglect oh, everything yeah, the, else that's off the you scale. Mentioned, you mentioned earlier the, you know, the chronic, uh, you know, here we, we had to rename adult onset diabetes because we were seeing it in children. Like you were talking about this obesity monster 
of course, magnified dramatically with the pandemic and backing off activities and all of all of these things. Uh, but like you mentioned, you know, it stands out, you know, 80 percent to heart disease and diabetes. Some of these other factors are preventable. And um, I guess, again, the challenge is um, maybe that's where your solopreneur uh, world comes in as you're looking to uh, educate into, again, the importance of the whole person and trying to pay big attention to prevention. Good luck to us. Thank you. Um, it, it's really just small steps. It, it's not it, the biggest, the hardest thing with everything in life is getting started. So it's just picking a That's small thing. That's the children's and... books, Dr. Sam. Yes, the, you know, educating the earlier the better. Tell us about your um, children's books. Well, it's very exciting because um, yesterday um, we had uh, the e-book for When I'm an Astronaut, which is um, the newest book. And in actual fact, for another 24 hours on Amazon, it's available for free download as a promotion when I'm an astronaut. And it's a picture book to inspire the next generation of female leaders. So the protagonist is a female. There's activity and colouring books that follow. The first book was When I'm a Surgeon. No, uh, no, no prizes for guessing where I got that idea. And that's where it sort of all yeah. started. But then I realised the impact it could have. It's not about a, um, a girl, every girl being a surgeon. It's about every girl believing she could be a surgeon. Uh, I'm a big believer in self-belief. And the second book was When I'm an Entrepreneur. Um, there's colouring pages that people can download uh, as well for, for free from my website. Uh, but it's very exciting. So the 9th of August is the um, publication date for the print book. So it's available for pre-order now in paperback and hardback. Um, what's the best Andy website? Thomas, one of the NASA what's the astronauts, has given me a test. Doctor, Sorry? Yeah, what's the, is, there, is there a website people can go to find out about uh, all this? Well, absolutely. So it's my name, Samantha Pillay. That's Samantha, P-I-L-L-A-Y.com. And on my website, they can download the free coloring pages. There's links to Amazon, Great. but more, most online retailers should be able to um, order the print or ebook. As I say, another 24 hours available. Great. Yeah, I want to talk more about that. Download. I think, you know, you you uh, you lived it. You being one of probably one of the very few. We're going to talk more about that as a young girl becoming a surgeon with Dr. Samantha Pillay from Australia. It's a sports doctor. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Dr. Bob. School Uniforms by Tommy Hilfiger is setting a new standard within the school uniform market. More schools are understanding the value that uniforms provide, school pride and identification being one of them. Another is the well-recognized reduction of student pressure to keep up with classmates in the real world of what to wear each day to school. School Uniforms by Tommy Hilfiger provides amazing quality and value to its partner schools and families. It is truly the first brand in this market that students are excited about wearing. Go to the website, globalschoolwear.com, globalschoolwear.com. If you live in or near Aurora, Illinois, and you're into sports, fitness at any level, or your son and daughter is, you cannot forget about your feet. Your feet affect everywhere else. There are complex motions that come into play, especially in sports. Your ankles, knees, hips, and back all are affected with your foot mechanics. Uh, come visit the office, uh, Dr. Bob, uh, and get evaluated. Uh, check what shoes are best for you. I offer prescription orthotics, which is usually one of the major tools for treatment and prevention of foot-related ankle and leg problems. Also, enhancing performance. Step or two quicker. Call 630-898-3505 or go to sportsdoctorradio.com. everybody we are back it's the sports doctor live from chicago we are continuing our conversation from australia dr samantha play uh she is a urological surgeon she's a entrepreneur a speaker uh preventive health 
specialist. We were talking about her children's books. Um, and I wanted to, to go again uh, back. You said mentioned 20 years ago uh, when uh, you, you were the first in the world of urological surgery. The whole inclusion of women, again, in medicine and, and surgery. And I guess this has really given you a lot of impetus to um, look to inspire these young girls that they could be anything they could be, right? Yes, I lack strong female role models and I... I feel I didn't, I, I mean, I've, I've achieved quite a lot, but I I could have probably even achieved more if I'd had a, a great vision, role models and goals. I, I didn't even know what I could become. You know, they say you can't be what you can't see. And th- those strong role models are, are really important for young girls. Before we leave it too late, by the time we try and um, girls to choose subjects or careers, they've already been influenced by family and society and schools, um, and it's, it's set them up for set belief of what they think is feminine, what they think might fit in with the, their ideas of family, and, and, and these are just stereotypes. You know, there's, there's so many examples of people who's, who have challenged that around the world. So the idea is the children's book help uh, instill that self-belief from an early age, allowing it's written, they're written in the first person, allowing the children to imagine themselves in that role. I was a bright kid and I've got a bright kid. um, So I put little Easter eggs. There's lots of depth in the books where people can read the backstory of the images. um, For example, and when I'm an astronaut, uh, she has on her bookshelf two tortoises. Now, when you go to the website and read about the images, um, and if you're a parent, this is great because it makes you sound like you're really knowledgeable and can talk to your kids about the pictures in the book. But the two tortoises are there because they were the first animals that went around the moon and came back alive uh, in the 50s on a Russian spaceship. So there's a lot of space history and details about the International Space Station that people can delve into. Um, and the activity books, you know, the words are... Uh, in industry related, so not the sort of things that say in a word search that you'd normally uh, find, uh, but it, it educates and expands the vocabulary for kids. Uh, and it's been great fun to be able to uh, learn about astronaut training. I spent a lot of time studying it uh, because I'm not going to space. Not this week. Yes, the, the areas of um, self-esteem, um, we talk a lot on the sports doctor with the challenges of bullying some of these uh, uh, children as they're growing up, whether they are in sports or they're not. And, uh, one of the biggest causes of bullying is obesity. And social media, of course, has dramatically increased so many of the concerns and, and, and uh, problems. Uh, you know, Dr. Samantha, the, um, wherever the guest is from, like uh, you're a great example, Australia, whether they're local or they're international, the pandemic has caused mental health to be topic number one in so much uh, areas of of importance. And the idea, again, of health and wellness and self-esteem, so the nutrition, so uh, uh, those aspects uh, besides self-reliance, all these other things uh, that you're including, for these children, what are the age groups that you're really targeting uh, with the children's books? So it's really four to eight. Uh, some kids that are younger uh, can be read the book, and also there's some kids that are older because of the details that go into the backstory that get, uh, and the activity books that enjoy it. But generally, the four to eight year old group. That self belief is really the key, as you would know, for a so overcoming barriers in life and for a perseverance and resilience, that foundation of self-belief is so important. And that's something that, you know, uh, professional athletes and sports people will have uh, realized. It's the ability to overcome the barriers that result in the success long-term in all aspects of life, not just sports. Well, yes. And the, the, the challenges of family, I have a guest coming on in uh, X amount of weeks talking about adoption and children who are in that particular world and some of the challenges that they might face, again, in these, these areas of uh, health and wellness, fitness, and, again, and, and or sports. 
sometimes when indicated, not necessarily, but all of these um, family dynamics and the support that these kids need in order to achieve, uh, you know, their goals. Uh, and I think, you know, the earlier the better. How have the schools um, accepted and, and interacted with you in some of the, in some of the books? Yes, I have been speaking to the, the schools relating to the self-belief and um, also uh, speaking to groups relating to health and chronic disease prevention. You already mentioned, I mean, diet is by far one of the biggest factors in our society. And, you know, the average American now eats out or takes out five times a week. And the, the difficulty is when you don't prepare the food yourself, um, it's very easy to buy a packet and see what's in it. But if you're buying take-home meals or ordering Uber Eats or a home delivery or eating at a restaurant, um, that's, uh, the CDC has estimated, you know, those meals can contain more salt. A restaurant meal can have more salt than a, a fast food. So that eating out um, or eating food prepared out is such a big factor. So I'm, I'm a big advocate of home cooking simple home cooking for people who can't cook. Um, so that was one of my other books, the No Recipe Cookbook, the cookbook for people who don't cook. Uh, our diets are, are wrong. Our diets are wrong, basically. Well, the, the word itself doesn't uh, connote, connote much um, confidence or good vibes. When you hear the word diet, one of my guests, she participated in my book, Hashtag A Sports Parents, Katie Davis, is a sports nutritionist, and she talks about fueling the body. Uh, and she said she never uses the word diet. And it made so much sense, especially, again, when we see what a gigantic industry it is and the, the, the tremendous amount of, of misinformation. And that's why, again, in my definition of the new medicine, I use the term eating smarter. <laughs> I leave it up to you to, uh, you know, figure, figure out uh, uh, what, what that means. Um, give me the information again, Dr. Samantha Pillay. Thank you so much for joining me that people could find out about you and your books. So the books are available in most online retailers, including Amazon, but my website is Samantha, S-A-M-A-N-T-H-A, Pillay, P-I-L-L-A-Y. So that's samanthapillay.com and that will take them... Fantastic. Thanks for getting up at 6 in the morning. Hold on, Samantha. We'll be right back, everybody. Sports Doctor. Hey, everybody. Dr. Bob here. LER, Lower Extremity Review Magazine, is celebrating their 10th anniversary. It's been a decade of providing key uh, clinical and practical information about concerns, conditions, and treatment solutions for the lower extremity, both sports and non-sports alike. LER is the only multidisciplinary publication for doctors of all specialties, educators, therapists, and trainers. They inform practitioners on current developments in the diagnosis, treatment, and prevention of lower extremity injuries. LER prides itself on editorial integrity and evidence-based content. Their tagline, collaborative care for better outcomes, says it all. Hey, colleagues, go to lermagazine.com. Hey, everybody. MVP Parent Magazine is special. Evidence-based topics on all areas of youth sports. Rich Dubin, a sports dad himself, takes his three decades of publishing. He just celebrated the 12th anniversary of the acclaimed LER Lower Extremity Review Magazine, one of sports doctors' key supporters, and he pours it into MVP Parent. Factual evidence-based info on such key topics like physical and mental training, nutrition, injury awareness, treatment, recovery, and prevention, I am proud to be a contributor to MVP Parent with the Sports Doctor is In article in each issue. Go to MVPParent.com, MVPParent.com. Everybody, we're back live from Chicago. It's the Sports Doctor. This is the Sports Doctor is in segment. We preview some upcoming shows. We add a little Bob Guida wisdom. We answer a few emails. Got some great shows coming up next week. Patricia Stahl 
she's an expert on the whole world of bullying and bullies. It's such an important topic for so many families. One of my favorite guests, Dr. Tony Liazzo, sports medicine primary care physician, will be joining me. Following week, we're going to catch up with Chesapeake Films co-founder Joel Franco. Um, he is working again on finishing up the upcoming exciting documentary, Where Our Children Play, the Challenge of Youth Sports. He's been on numerous times as we've watched this journey come together on a topic that everybody knows is so near and dear um, to Dr. Bob here, the whole world of youth sports. Bob Guida. You know, when I first met Bob in the late 70s, he already was a former Mr. America, Mr. Universe. So many athletes were coming to him uh, to get stronger, to get faster. Uh, and uh, he was enamored with rubber band resistance. And back then, there weren't any rubber bands or surgical uh, tubings. Uh, I, we went to Goodyear, so they would cut certain segments that he could have them make into some rubber bands. And uh, he really, Jack Lane, uh, years before, also playing around with those concepts of uh, the strength and stability that rubber bands require and the tremendous versatility of elastic bands, whether it's for super senior citizens trying to prevent falling, uh, strengthening uh, the whole lower extremity, uh, whether it's athletes, working on uh, all shoulders, elbows, feet, ankles, and being able to um, have children benefit from uh, strengthening the feet and ankles with rubber bands or the best athlete in the country. Tremendous versatility. Dida really, really brought that to the mainstream. Uh, where's the email? Here we go. Sal says, my 14-year-old son is a cross-country runner. It's his third season. Uh, he's dealing with chin splints again for the third season. You know, number one, Sal, you got to get a specific diagnosis. Chin splints is not a medical diagnosis. Could be a stress fracture, could be tendonitis, muscle inflammation. So if you haven't got that, you really, really want to get it. Since you're talking about this kind of persistence or recurrence, 80% of those um, cases, Sal, I see are foot-related. I can't tell you how often we see prescription orthotics solve the shin problem. The foot mechanics, excessive collapse, straining the muscles that slow those motions down. Uh, so you really want to see podiatry. You want to make sure your son's in the right shoe. You want to look big time at orthotics uh, because of his uh, consistency. And, of course, you want to continue uh, with whatever physical therapy and strengthening you're doing. You've got to combine that along with sensible recovery and rest. Gary says, what are some of the common running overuse uh, uh, injuries you see? Number one, Gary, is plantar fasciitis, arch and heel inflammation, soreness. This is the most common problem we see in uh, active people, let alone runners. Uh, many times we'll see uh, that looking at uh, shoe changes, uh, biomechanics, orthotics, strengthening, plantar fasciitis, very common, Achilles tendonitis, inflammation, soreness of the uh, famous Achilles tendon on the back of the ankle. When, again, it's persistent, you want to look at foot mechanics uh, as a causative uh, factor. Um, the neuroma. All of the foot problems, nerve entrapment is another common problem we see uh, with uh, running. Runner's knee, another common problem we see. Tendonitis of the knee, of the patella tendon, of the area surrounding the knee. Uh, and those are some of the three or four most common uh, overuse injuries. Again, what do you do about it? Find out the causes. Make sure you're not trying to run through this and then look at prevention uh, to try to stay out of trouble. Iris says, my 13-year-old daughter is a serious figure skater. She's been doing double jumps for the past year. Um, she continues, regardless of boot changes, to deal with arch pain. Can orthotics help? Yeah, Iris, bingo. 
this is one of the most common uh, reasons we use orthotics. I've been putting orthotics in figure skate 40 years. My poster boy, the 2010 Olympic gold medalist, Evan Lysacek, he was 10 when we put orthotics in the skate. I'm still putting orthotics in 10-year-old skates. The exciting part of proper custom orthotics, besides really being a major weapon in solving the arch concern, is every part of your daughter skating uh, will improve. This is the exciting part. Same orthotics to get rid of the arch pain. We find that custom boots, other working with your boot fitter is very, very important. Sometimes boots can be involved with arch concerns, uh, being fit properly. But it sounds like you've been down that path already. If your daughter's into double jumping, serious skater, I'm sure the boot fitter has been on top of that. But custom boots are not custom orthotics. Custom orthotics are about optimum positioning of the foot ankle joints so that we don't strain the same area consistently, especially when we start adding the stress. You're doing double jumps. You're hitting the ice with four or five times your body weight. Triples six, seven times your body weight. So alignment is a major, major key. And arch pain, like we were just talking about, plantar fasciitis, not as common in kids as it is as we get a little bit older and in adults, but still is right up there with some of the skating-related concerns. We see quickly again the book on Amazon, hashtag a sports parents four sections, my co-author, Hall of Fame volleyball coach and player, Sharky Zartman, Sports Parenting 101. Second segment is mine, the Sports Doctors In. We're talking about shoes, foot mechanics, orthotics, overuse injuries. Third section, a compilation of experts in the world of nutrition, in the world of physical training, mental training, coaching, parenting. The last section is parents' perspectives. We get some feedback uh, from parents of uh, youth athletes at different levels. Hashtag, hey, sports parents. We'll catch everybody next week. Thanks, everybody. It's the Sports Doctor. <laughs>